here we are, the last episode of the Game of Thrones. Last episode of this mini four-part series, reviewing the final season of Game of Thrones. And it's gotten the reaction like I thought it would. Like I said um, during the last episode, I knew the ending ahead of time because of the leaks that came out. And it turned out to be just as bad as anticipated, especially the reaction with uh, what happened regarding Bran becoming a new king. It's not. It wasn't without its good points, though, and I'll point them out. But unlike the past reviews, I can I prefer to take it through the entire episode since it was a very linear episode. In this episode, the steaming pile of shit was divided into two parts. The first part being the death of Daenerys. The second part being the rise of Brandon the Broken. So we start out with with Tyrion and Jon walking through destroyed King's Landing, standing in awe about what just happened with Daenerys blowing the shit out of everything with a dragon. Uh, Tyrion uh, ends up walking down to the crypts of Red, Red Keep, finds uh, Jamie and Cersei, who could have stepped five feet to the right and not been crushed by the rocks. Uh, Peter Dinklage deserves a lot of credit here for his acting. That should not come as a surprise, since he is one of the best actors on the show. This is the reason why he brought uh, Tyrion to life so well compared to some other characters. Um, he just uh, set the bar extremely high. And, I mean, it's, it's funny because the two other actors that he uncovered, Nicholas and Lena, were fan- phenomenal as well. Cersei, phenomenal. What a, what a great job by Lena. Then we see John walking. Uh, he stumbles upon Grey Worm, the chinless gate Grey Worm. You know, they could have casted him better. Um, <laughs> I never cared for him. Uh, the only good thing he has for him now is he, he's a very hateful person. Just looking at him, I just hate him. There's certain people that rub it the wrong way. The actor who plays Grey Worm is one, uh, one of them. And without it, he doesn't have a chin, not a strong jaw. Just, ugh. So anyway, he, he's ordering his unsullied to ex- execute Lannister men. And John says the war is won, uh, what have you. Uh, Grey Worm has a, this permanent scowl. Again, hateable. They get into a little a testosterone-fueled uh, confrontation where John decides to speak with Daenerys. Uh, then we see John approaching the, the uh, gathering of Dothraki. You have the, the gathering of the Unsullied. Somehow they all managed to freaking survive. Uh, the, 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 the winner, I would have, but that's been beaten like a dead horse. We just know that's ridiculous. We know that, 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 that the suspension of disbelief, a little bit too far for that. Miraculously, Grey Worm, who John just ran into on his way to this little celebration, is already up there with Daenerys. He has the power of teleportation. It is phenomenal on his part. So he, we see John and Tyrion stand behind Daenerys as she gives us this speech about how uh, the war is not over until they liberate the world. She's she's gone mad at this point. It would have been nice if they had a whole season devoted to this. Uh, but I guess Star Wars, that shit franchise, is a little bit more important. Of course, um, Grey Worm is now the new master of war. That hateful little bastard. Uh, again, I want to punch him at this point. I want to punch the actor at this point. Uh, Tyrion approaches Daenerys. Uh, let, me, let me go back. But she's, she's, uh, it's interesting because when she's saying she's going to liberate the world, she happens to be mentioning uh, she's going to go to Winterfell to Dorne. Yeah, that's going to set off a lot of things. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
So Grey Worm is the uh, master of arms, and Tyrion then approaches, throws his uh, his uh, hand of the king badge down like Ned Stark did in season one, and says, "You, you know, I freed my brother, and you slaughtered a city." He ends up getting locked up. Then we see a very good scene. This is this is one of the two best scenes in the entire um, episode, and this is when John goes to see Tyrion, who has been in prison. Uh, by Danny for um, letting Jamie Lannister go. And uh, let me just, they, they talk about what's happened, how Tyrion, this is his fate, et cetera, et cetera. And this, and this exchange near the end of the scene with um, Tyrion basically saying, hey, we got to do away with Danny. I mean, uh, we have to do away with Danny. Let me play you some of this. Love is the death of duty. You just came up with that. Master Eamon said it a long time ago. Sometimes duty is the death of love. You are the shield that guards the realms of men. You've always tried to do the right thing, no matter the cost. You've tried to protect people. Who is the greatest threat to the people now? Of course, Tyrion is alluding to Danny going mad, thinking that she's going to liberate everybody. Uh, we'll touch on the next scene, which again is a very powerful scene. Uh, good writing, uh, which is hard to come by this season. Uh, and Tyrion goes on and, and I want a little bit more about this. And John's about he doesn't want anything. He loves Danny, doesn't want to do anything to her, doesn't want to kill her because Tyrion's essentially asking to kill her. And uh, as, on his way out, Tyrion also brings this up. And your sisters, do you see them bending the knee? My sisters will be loyal to the throne. Why do you think Sansa told me the truth about you? Because she doesn't want Danny to be queen. She doesn't get to choose. No, but you do. And you have to choose now. Prompting Jon Snow, who is the true hero of this story, which the two producers who will go unnamed completely undermined it. Completely undermined. Just, just disgusted by this. So John then eventually goes to see Daenerys. But before he gets to Daenerys, you see Drogon covered in the dragon, Drogon covered in snow, standing guard. Drogon allows Jon Snow armed to go see Daenerys. And again, this is a great scene because John and I mean, so, yeah, John and and uh, Danny are going back and forth. Where Der- John's putting to Danny, please pardon Tyrion. She says she can't. And again, this is. is she, Great. This sets up why Danny has to go. We have. The world we need is a world of mercy. It has to be. And it will be. It's not easy to see something that's never been before. A good world. How do you know? How do you know it'll be good? Because I know what is good. And so do you. 
I don't. You do. You do. You've always known. What about everyone else? All the other people who think they know what's good. They don't get to choose. This whole dialogue, Danny's idea that they're the only ones that get to choose what is good, not allowing everybody else, the population, to choose based on their morals what is good, um, says so much about so many things. It reminds me, this whole back and forth reminds me of when Sam and, and, and um, Frodo go back and forth about good in this world, and it's worth fighting for. I Again, the cynics don't want to point out what's good in this entire, in this last ep episode, this last series, um, last season. This was one of the shining points. This was great writing. I hope this is from Martin's actual work. Um, unfortunately, I didn't feel anything about what happened next. When John realizes that she is a threat to the kingdom, ends up taking the dagger Stabbing her, killing Danny. Danny's gone. I didn't feel anything here because there were so many damn deaths in the past couple of, of uh, episodes. And that's what happens. You become almost um, numb to it. You expect it. This is the reason why the seasons need to be spread out. We get one season devoted to the Night King and that fucking debacle. And then this uh, season devoted to the downfall of Danny. That's what I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now from the from the first season. It is night and day. It is night and day. So Drogon comes, takes Danny away since she's the mother of dragons, burns down the Iron Throne. And this is when the entire episode, it was crappy before, but this is when the episode just takes a giant dump on the entire series. Because we, we see this is the end of the, the first part of the episode. Then we go to Brand the Broken. Uh, and, and the rest is essentially just, again, a big shit best. We have Chinless Grey Worm. He takes a, a prisoner Tyrion to King's Landing, uh, the Dragon Pit. Remember the Dragon Pit where, where uh, there's a couple duels? Uh, and you see uh, where this is also the place where Jon brought the White Walker to Cersei. So there's a gathering of the greatest lords that we have left because everybody else is dead. You have Bran... Arya, I don't know why Arya is there. She's not a lord. What is she there for? You have Sansa. You also have Samwell, Robin Aaron, and, and Royce from the Vale. Then you have Davos, Sir Brienne, and then uh, a couple people that you're not really, Edmund Tully. Um, and you also have the, uh, the Prince of Dorne there as well. So whoever's left, which, which makes me wonder... Um, Whatever happened to Varys' letters from, from the episode before? Were they just lost? We'll get to that. Sansa asks where uh, John is. Grey Worm says that John must be paying for his crimes, that chinless bastard. Um, and they, they want to execute Tyrion as well. Uh, but what happens to John and Tyrion is up to the king or queen. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense um, that the king or queen must decide. Uh, so since all the Westeros lords are there, Tyrion asks why you don't just talk amongst yourselves and pick a ruler. Uh, then you have Edmund, Edmore, Tolly, who you might remember from being locked up after he marries a fray. He volunteers his services, but Nice tells him to sit, uh, sit down. I, eesh, eesh. 
Then you have Samwell suggesting the people of Westeros vote, but they all laugh at him. During this exchange, this is a big trip, this whole issue. During this exchange, Yara speaks up, saying that Danny is the one that she served, and then Arya threatens to slice Yara's throat. Yara's brother, Theon, just uh, a couple of episodes before, died defending Theon. Nothing was even mentioned about this. Yara could have come back and like, excuse me, my brother died defending yours. Nothing was, where's the damn continuity? So then Tyrion goes on about, okay, what unites people? It's stories. Stories, it's not armies, golden flags, but stories. And who has a better story than Bran Stark? who was pushed out of the top story of a tower and lived, paralyzed but learned to fly, and went beyond the wall and became a three-eyed raven. Now he knows all the stories of man. He's perfect. Blah! Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Tyrion then asked Bran uh, to consider it, and Bran responds, why do you think I came all this way? Bran, who sees in the future, knew everything that was going to happen from the death of his brother Recon to the destruction of King's Landing. Why do you think I came all this way? Bran, who was gone for an entire season, a side character for the TV series, is now king. So lords and ladies all vote on Bran, except for Sansa. She loves him, but guess what? She's saying, you know what? Uh, we're an independent nation now. The North is an independent nation now. Meanwhile, Dorne and the Island, Island, Iron Islands, who also want to be independent nations, nah, 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 we're, we're going to take this one off. Really? Really? That's the extent of continuity here. So, of course, Bran's like, sure, why not? You're my sister. I'll let you go. Not only that, but Bran, who's a Stark, who's devoted to the North, is all of a sudden the king of the Six Realms. He's a Stark. Again, what happened to Varys' letter? What happened to Varys' letter? Do not any of them know about uh, John's lineage, that he was the rightful king? And then what about the people of, of Red Keep? Bran backed Danny, and Danny just blew apart Red Keep. Are you telling me that they're going to be warm to Bran being their king, even though he just backed the person who barbecued their families? It just... Ugh. 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 Makes, makes no sense at all. Makes, makes no freaking sense. Uh, Sansa reminds uh, everybody that Bran is now uh, impotent. Not sure how she knows so the rule can be passed down. Um, Tyrion then says, well, they'll vote again. Only the nobles will vote again, like we have it now. Only the lobbyists vote again. Now we have to move on to the fate of Jon Snow. And this is where off-camera... Uh, Grey Worm agrees with Bran the Broken, who he's known now, that John is going to serve on the Night Watch, which again makes no sense. No freaking sense. Tyrion goes to visit John, who's been a prisoner for a while. Um, and again, it's just the, the back and forth with Tyrion and, and John here is great. After Tyrion informs John about him going to the Wall and take the Black, which makes no freaking sense because the Wall is now part of the Kingdom of the North, so which power does six kingdoms have over the, the Wall? Not only that, but there's no White Walkers, and the Wildlings are friends now. It's stupid. It's just, it's just stupid. It makes no sense. And the Unsullied are getting ready to leave. 
They're getting ready. What, what, what do they owe these people? I mean, they have an entire kingdom, an entire army built of these six, now united six kingdoms, would wipe out the unsullied, who were supposed to be beleaguered from the, the Battle of uh, Winterfell. Same with the Dothraki. Anyway, Tyrion says, uh, the Unsullied want John dead. Arya and Sansa want John freed to go to the north. And this decision for him to take the black uh, makes nobody happy, which is a good decision. And this exchange that we see is great. Tyrion said, no one is happy, which means it's a good compromise, I suppose. John says, was it right what I did? Tyrion, what we did, in terms of uh, referencing killing Danny. John says, it didn't feel right. Tyrion, ask me in 10 years. I thought this was a great exchange. Um, I just, again, I can't get why they, they sent him the wall. I, it makes no sense. Now, after this, this was like the pinnacle of the second part of this, uh, the episode. Uh, John says farewell to his Stark uh, siblings. He tells Sansa the people of Winterfell could have no better queen. Sansa, who cowered in the crypts, no better queen. Yes, great. Then Arya informs him, um, I can't visit you in the wall because I'm going west, even though family is so important to me. Arya has become my, one of my least favorite characters in this season. Just a selfish little turd. John apologizes to Bran for not being there. And then Bran says, you were exactly where you were supposed to be. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Then there's a scene with Sir Bran with the Book of Brothers. Uh, she's reading about the Lannisters and, and, and ends uh, John, uh, Jamie Lannister's part with he died to protecting the queen. Then we really hit the shitbox with the small council meeting, which is headed by Tyrion. We then see Grandmaster Samwell, which makes no sense. He's just like not even a graduate student at this point, um, who is, presents him with a written history of the Great War and the Last War titled A Song of Fire and Ice, kind of referencing the whole Hobbit story and the Lord of the Rings. <sighs> then we see Bronn who just two episodes ago threatened Tyrion with death. He's apparently the master of Highgarden, master of coin. This just doesn't make sense because Bronn served under, served under Cersei, and Cersei is the one who had the Tyrells killed. Are you kidding me? Are you, none of these people would speak up about this as a lowborn to become a new uh, master there? A new warden of that place? No way, no way. Then you had this, Back and forth where Sir Davos, who is master of the ships, uh, is arguing with uh, Bronn about what to build first. Should it be ships or should it be brothels? They had their friends uh, killed this season, and there's no grieving. No grieving. Brothels and ships. Meanwhile, the people ring the Red Keep of King's Landing uh, they got no place to live. How about build some freaking houses? How about some freaking houses? Then we fade out. Then we, there's this montage of the Star Kids. You have Arya, who is a new Dread Pirate Roberts, going to sell west. You have Sansa, who is the new queen of the north. Miserable place to be. She has a perpetual case of hemorrhoids as queen now. And you have Jon Snow who goes to the north with the wildlings, who runs into Stannis, who is all hopped up on Johnny White Walker. And that's it. What a shit episode. Jon Snow, what a shit season. 
Jon Snow deserved better than this. Uh, I don't know if it's Martin's plan, but the way that it works, uh, the way that it was built up for him just to go to the north, uh, it's just bittersweet. If that's what you're trying to achieve, it doesn't. I mean, stories are meant to. I mean, it's it's a fantasy novel. I I get it, I get it, but it's about heroes, and heroes need to make the reader feel good. The story arc needs to continue and then end in a good way. Anyway, um, before I wrap this up, I'm, I'm, I, I have a few things to say. I'm going to be continuing doing the Game of Thrones um, series. Uh, next week, I'll release a, a entire uh, episode about the season eight itself and destroying that from a top-down viewpoint. It won't go in the specific episodes itself. Um, then we'll talk about, in a few weeks from that, we'll start talking about the prequel that's coming out on HBO. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little about Brian Cogman is signed on to be the writer for the new Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. That's a very good thing. Cogman was one of the best writers on um, Game of Thrones. As a matter of fact, he wrote episode two of this season, which was the best episode. Um, and we might talk about the uh, whole SJW assault on Martin over this uh, series. If you don't have an idea of what I mean, listen to this. My next question, again, to George is kind of continues on the issue of the political implications. So for all the enormous interest and lauding of your work, certainly deservedly so, there have also been some critiques, I'm sure you know, of the series by which I mean both the book series and the TV series, political and social implications. Now, in many ways, we could say that the series really kind of undermine traditional notions of power, that, that they really, in some ways, very much play with, you know, as we've talked about, about phallic constructions of power, kind of subverting it. But at the same time, you know, there has been some critique of the works in terms of issues of gender and sexuality and race. So for example, with the TV series, it even led to the, the coinage of a new term, sex position, right? Which people talk about it, kind of laugh about the way that sometimes there'll be uh, these scenes with, with sexual activity or nudity to kind of prevent the information of narrative, kind of narrative information from seeming boring, that you have the sex going on. So some people say, okay, so women and sexual minorities are there for just kind of titillation purposes and not much else. And there have also been some critique of some of the racial tropes, for instance, using the trope of the kind of white savior of dark people, like in the case of Daenerys Targaryen. So I'm curious, do you think that these critiques are justified? How do you respond to those critiques? How about you write your own fucking book? We'll get into that the next episode. We really will. I'm looking forward to this. Um, I love fantasy. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll talk about the books that I've written. Uh, but this will be an ongoing show. Make sure to listen to the JB's Driving Podcast regular show. We're recording Empire Strikes Back tomorrow. Jaws was just released, part one. Next week is Jaws, part two. Probably one of our best episodes to date. Um, looking forward to continuing that through the summer as we tend pole. That is our main show. This is just a side track to get more listeners. In the meantime, uh, make sure to tune in next week for my overview of episode eight. Maybe I'll get into the actual just Game of Thrones arc itself. We'll see if I have time for that. I have three kids and a full-time job, as among others. Uh, anyway, have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you next week.